sales calls, converting with pleasure and ease. Hi, I'm Kat McLeod, your host with Mom First Entrepreneurs, building business for profit, purpose, and pleasure. You're listening to the Mom First Entrepreneur Podcast, bringing you no-nonsense strategy, high energy, and fun. If you want to learn how to make money with your own high-purpose, high-pleasure business that allows you to stay mom-first while you're in the right place, I'm your host, business coach, full-time mom, and avid ice cream eater, Kat McLeod. Join me as we dive into adding profit, purpose, and pleasure into your business and life. It is the day after Mother's Day. I hope you spoiled yourself. I had a wonderful day of just indulging in whatever I wanted and true to being mom first, entrepreneur, I spent the morning getting my son ready for his, I think we're on the seventh, going on to the eighth week of homeschooling, took him out for recess and walked the dog and here I am talking about sales calls because you need that for a profitable business and to help your people. So getting into sales calls, at this point, I assume that you have pinpointed your niche, that your niche is something that you're skilled in, that you've really gone into your skills and you are helping people with something that you truly have expertise in. You cannot start a business with ease in something that you don't have expertise in, that you have your audience And this is not as important for sales calls. You're commanding your premium pay is important for profit, but it's not superbly important when you're first getting started. And this is important. You've crafted the right offer, an offer that hits your people's pain points, helps them solve problems, and gets them wanting to be on the phone with you. So let's dive into sales calls because you need sales calls for profit. When you're on a sales call, it's much easier to start with an outline. So you kind of know where you're going in the call. I don't follow a prescribed script, although I do give a prescribed script to my clients just to learn a basic framework so that they're in charge of the conversation from the very start. They get on the telephone and it's clear that they're there to discuss the other person's pain points or whatever it is. It's not a friendship conversation. You want to establish that from the start and get permission for that so that you can help. And right from the beginning to ask that permission makes a big difference. When you get more comfortable with sales, it's going to be a conversation. It feels like super unicky when it's all about the other person and you're truly listening to them and caring about them, going deep with them and seeing if you can help them. So in sales calls, something that trips people up is objections. And I want you, I invite you to look at objections as simply Interest, it's interest. If they didn't have any interest in what you're offering, then they wouldn't even bother with objections. It's just their fear, something's not clear, they're not sure, and it's an invitation for you to go deeper, for you to address the objections, for you to start helping them right there and then. Objections are completely normal. (laughs) They're to be expected 
And it's your job to really stand in your expertise and help them through the objection. So it's your job to coach them through fear and doubt. Here's the truth. They're on a sales call with you because they are hoping that you are the one for them. They are hoping that you are going to solve their problems. That's why they've taken their precious busy time to get on a sales call with you. They want you to help them. And you need to see if you can help them and if they're a right fit. It it goes both ways on a sales call. I think newer entrepreneurs get so focused on like, I need to make the sale. I, I need a client or I need another client. And they lose focus on that you're deciding too. It's a mutual decision to work together and knowing how to address objections, which we'll go into further, is going to really help facilitate that. So you're going to see if you can really help. So you must believe in your offer. You must truly believe that you can help the other person and that they would want to pay for it to invest in it because you can help them. You need to show up this way. If you show up not really believing in your offer, they're going to feel that and they're not going to feel confident paying you. (laughs) Would you feel confident paying someone money if they don't know that they can totally help you? The same goes for your offer. If you wouldn't pay for your offer, then that's not the right offer. If you don't feel comfortable, like you wouldn't yourself buy it at that point in your life, maybe it was from two years ago, the old you, then it's not the right offer for your people. You must truly believe that you have what they want. So we already talked about that you control the flow of the call. So that's why it's really nice to have a framework of your sales call. I give this to my people because it just helps be more confident. It helps to make sense of the call. It helps to like make the person you're speaking to feel safe because you kind of know what the flow is and you get permission along the way. Before you even get on a sales call, I encourage you to step into your confidence, your energy, and that can be through journaling, doing, I give my people like a pre-visualization before they go into it because like we talked about, you must show up confident. Self-doubt is just a waste of energy. I mean, that's the truth. Self-doubt is wasting your energy. If you're all like, I don't know if my people would pay for this. I don't know. That's all the waste of energy. You got to step into why your people need you. It's a mindset shift. You must serve into why your people need you, why they want your stuff. Just buy the stuff because it's going to totally help you. You got to really move into that energy when you get on a sales call. That's why with your offer, it needs to be a skill that you already possess so that you know that you can completely rock it. And it's just so important that way. It, it really is. When you show up, you want to lead your person, be confident in your framework, hear them, really go deep into them. So that's one of the huge secrets to sales calls. The sales call is not about you and you getting a client. It is about the other person and you focus on them like 90% of the time. They don't need to hear about your modules or anything like that. Like it doesn't matter. Have a framework, be confident that you can help them and hear them where they need to be helped. Move them from where they currently are to where they want to go with your help. And that goes through a flow where you're really hearing about your person and caring them and seeing if you can truly help them. 
if you have like money mindset stuff, it's a process to get better and you wanna clear that stuff as much as possible. If you have a lot of doubts about the money that you're charging, that can prevent you from actually signing the clients. They can feel that, it can prevent you from saying it, it can cause you to fumble discount right away. So you want to feel good and it doesn't mean you have to feel perfect, just good and trust that the whole sales conversation is a learning process. You're not gonna nail it the first time. I mean, unless you were already in sales for 20 years, then you wouldn't be listening to this. You're just not gonna nail it. Sales takes time. You get better with practice, and you get better when you applaud yourself and congratulate yourself each step of the way. So for instance, with my clients, when they get their first sales call, we celebrate it. When they say anything on their first sales call, it does not matter, we celebrate it. Uh, one of the clients I just shared, I think a week ago, she got her first money objection, and we celebrated it. It's just moving along the path. To expect yourself to nail every sales call puts crazy undue pressure on yourself. It does not make things easy for yourself and it turns the conversation from you really feeling if you can help the other person and then sharing how and really caring about them into like pressure and just stuff that does not feel good. It, that, that causes that grabby pressured energy. The bottom line is you want to focus on the other person 90% of the time and see if you can truly help them, make it all about them, and it just gets easier. You celebrate yourself each step of the way because it's a learning process, like riding a skateboard. You don't expect your kid to get on a skateboard. I just learned a skateboard last week, so that's my example, and expect yourself to be like doing ramps right away and only think that you won when you got a new paying client. No, you, it's like getting on the first time, trying not to fall off. You reward yourself because once you learn how to run sales, it feels really easy. Easy. It becomes a normal conversation and here's the real key. As you start filling up your practice and making more sales, you start to get more and more discerning about, is this somebody that I truly want to work with? Can I help them? Do I really like feel good about helping them? And then it's natural to share how. And as you become more established and you have the base, the foundation for your business, then you can start asking questions before you get on. For example, one of my clients' oh, questions for my one-on-one -on -one clients are, are they ready to invest? Before I had a digital course, I even said, my services start at several thousand dollars. Is this something you're willing to invest if we are the perfect fit for each other? That was a huge marker so it sets up that the person getting on the phone with you is somebody that's willing to invest. Now you don't have to do this when you're new, it's just an example. And now I've just switched it to are you ready to invest because I have a very affordable digital course that I can downsell to you if you're not the right fit for my my one-on-one -on -one or my mastermind. So this is just an example of how when you move further along, you can choose to have preliminary questions, which I encourage you to do. So when you're practicing and you're just learning to get on that skateboard, then you can just have sales calls to practice. And then later on, you don't want to be inundated with sales calls. I know some a great place to be <laughs> when you're starting out. But later on, you're going to want to ask questions to make sure before you get on the phone that 
you're about the right fit, that it feels right for you. And it is challenging to turn people down or say we're not the right fit. At first it was challenging for me and it is very strange to say we're not the right fit. And because we're mom first entrepreneurs, it's really important to value our time. And if it's not the right fit, then you can know that from the start. If somebody is not ready to invest or they're not really looking at you as the person to invest with, then you wanna know that. Okay, moving on, reminding you to take the pressure off, make it about the other person. You really want about 90% of you hearing the other person and then you want to show them how you can help. So that's different than telling. We wanna show them how you can help. And again, this is assuming that you are grounded in your niche that you can truly rock and help the other person because that's what a purposeful business is about. You really want to have that purpose and bringing it with pleasure and ease is doing things like celebrating every step while you're learning how to do your sales call, making sure you feel good before you get on a sales call and after, no matter what happens, that's where the whole thing about not being grabby and not being attached to only getting a yes really makes a huge difference. If you can feel good in yourself and feel worthy in yourself, it puts so much less pressure on your sales. So now I'm gonna go into how to handle some objections. Because again, objections are people curious. They're interested, they're not a bad thing. If someone is not interested in your offer, they're gonna be like, okay, thank you, I'm not interested, or I need to think about it, and then just like wanna get off the phone with you. I mean, that makes total sense, and that's gonna happen sometimes, because it's just not gonna be the right fit all the time. Just take the pressure off. You're gonna get no's, and you gotta make it okay, especially when you're starting out, especially when you don't have preliminary questions filtering out people. You're just making it for practice. The more detached you can be from the outcome, the less like pressure you put on it, the more fun you can have, the more pleasure and ease. And then here's the ironic part, the more you're gonna wind up converting, that's the truth. And it's everyone's nervous the first, like let's just say five times, maybe 10, and you'll get used to just having the flow, the framework, caring about the other person. Okay, so let's talk about objections. The main objections are, I'm not sure, or like I need to think about it. So then you wanna say, okay, what do you need to think about? And go in deeper and like really go into what the person wants and if you can help them. So that's that means that something has been disconnected and you haven't connected the dots of where they're at, the pain they're in, to where they wanna be and how you're the one that's going to bridge all of that and bring them there. And then, what I think I hear most people talking about with the money objection, that's definitely prevalent, especially if you haven't asked that preliminary money question. And money objections, well, they can be an excuse that they aren't interested. And that's why they say, oh, it's expensive or whatever. So that's where you really want to dig into their pain points again. And a good way to ask is if this didn't cost anything, if money were no issue, would you want this? You want to start there. You want to see if your program or your 
help or just you are the right fit for them. Because if they're like, oh, I'm not sure if money was no issue and they're still not sure, then this has nothing to do with money. This has something to do with your offer, your connection. Then you can go, okay, if it's, let's, it's, I don't think it sounds like the money. It sounds like you have more questions. Then you can go onto what it's really about. And it's really not about the money. If they're still saying if money was no object, if they're saying, oh yes, this is definitely the right thing for me if money was no object, that's when you can coach them through the money questions and really go in deep. That's where you need to lean into their pain points and how you're going to help them and really hear where they're at. So I'm a mom first entrepreneur and I am just not one of those business coaches that feel good when I know that the potential client really truly has money issues. There's other coaches that will totally be like, get a credit card, they'll figure it out. And that's totally cool and they do make it work for people. That's just not something that I personally feel really great about even though I know I give my people like a tremendous ROI. If they want your program and money is the object, that's when you can coach them through the actual money objection to where they want to be. If they really want it, how can they make it work? And people can be creative. They can borrow money. They can get a credit card. There's nothing wrong with this. A lot of coaches that I fully respect do this. It's just not something I personally do. But if that's where you're at and they can get a great ROI, let them have that. So the bottom line is you really want to hear them. If they really want to make it work, work with them. Trust that they're going to work it out. They really want it. That could be them trying to get another client saving money to work with you. I've had clients like that where they've saved up and six months later they've signed on with me. So this is where not being grabby not trying to get another client really makes a huge difference. When they know that you really care about them, they will continue to try to save up to work with you. One of my mastermind clients is like that right now. It took her about six months before she was able to sign with me and now she's making great money and signing one client after another and getting discovery calls with ease and it's all part of the process. Okay, and then Here's a famous one that I need to talk to my spouse. This is a common objection and I'm going to help you walk through this objection because this is something that you hear a lot and it can mean a, I need to talk to my spouse because I am one of those people that I tend to run my investments through my spouse. But however, I don't usually ask for permission. It's more like I like to bounce things off of him. So that's what it can mean. I need to talk to my spouse. It's a big investment and you're a partnership. You talk to your spouse or it can mean I'm not really interested and I don't feel comfortable telling you that. So I'm going to say I need to talk to my spouse. So that's where you can also go into Again, if money was no object, because it's usually some kind of money objection that gets you to the spouse point, is this the right fit for you? And be really curious. No pushiness. You really want to hear. And if you hear, yes, I want to have this, like I just need to, whatever, he's funding it, whatever it is, especially if you're working with moms like I do, it makes total sense, right? You want to coach them through that. And I'm going to show you how to coach them through it. If you're hearing, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. The spouse thing is an excuse and they're really just not sure about your program, if you're the right fit, and that needs to be addressed going backwards. Again, this is a 
brief overview that I'm going over live. I go into exact things with my clients and help them one-on-one -on -one customized with this. So I'm giving you uh, a brief overview, but I'm going to show you how to coach through the spouse objection. So let's just say that they really want to work with you, but they do have to ask their spouse or they do need to talk about it with their spouse because it's a big investment and we get it. That's when you can help coach them on how to talk with their spouse. And a way to do that is to say like, I really understand that you want to talk to your spouse. I mean, I talk to my spouse too. And can I help coach you through this? And usually they'll be like, uh, okay, right? Because that's weird. And this is your first demonstration of how you're going to help them. So one of the ways you can help them is like, when I approach my husband, it makes a huge difference when I'm not sure about something or when I really want something and what I want is support. I encourage you, if this is the right program for you, which you say it is, then the best way to approach your spouse that I found for my clients and myself is to say, honey, I really feel like this is the right program for me or whatever it is that you're selling and I want your support because overall I'm generalizing. I obviously don't know the person's husband, but overall, if you show up in that energy, a lot of spouses want to be supportive. Again, I will say that almost all of my clients, I did not hear the spouse objection. It's like kind of can be an excuse. However, I have given the spouse objection <laughs> for the coaches that I signed up with and I really do talk to my spouse. So that's where it's just not clear. Every person in my mastermind, none of them asked permission from their spouse. So that's just telling. So all the women in my mastermind, uh, one of their husbands wasn't super supportive and she did it anyways. So it lets you know that most of the time when somebody's really made their decision and they really believe you'll help, they will just move forward with their own decision. However, there's, I would say about 20% of us, and I am one of them, who does bounce things off my spouse. So that's why it's completely legitimate and something that just does need to be addressed. Okay, I've covered quite a bit here. I want to go into a wrap up of sales calls. You can do them with pleasure and ease. The number one way to do it with pleasure and ease is to take the pressure off. And I'm guessing you're like rolling your eyes at me and going, okay, whatever, cat. And the way you take the pressure off is to focus on the other person. Make yourself feel good before the call. Do a dance. I mean, whatever it is. Write in your journal, listen to a favorite song, and then focus on them. Have a framework. Have an outline. Have like a flow that makes sense. You're not reading from it. I don't believe in yucky like scripts that you have to go in. You're trying to push them and closing on the phone. No, I like just don't do that. And it and I still convert at a great rate by the time we get on a telephone call. So focus on them and take the pressure off where you know you're going to improve over time. It is like riding a skateboard and you're not going to get on a skateboard and do, I don't even know. I just got on a skateboard last time. I don't even know what to call it, a half pipe or whatever. You're going to just make improvements. And the way that you're going to feel better and do it with pleasure and ease is each new improvement. Like for instance, the the client I just mentioned, she just had to say her price. We celebrated that. Money mindset issues were coming. Just saying your price and being quiet. That's the next step. You celebrate that versus 
beating yourself up, feeling like crap every time somebody doesn't convert, how likely do you think you're going to want to get on the phone and what energy do you think you're going to bring into it versus like, I said the price and said, and said nothing. Yes. And celebrating that. That's the difference in taking the pressure off and just learning it as a process. And when you're first starting out, Get on sales calls or discovery calls or whatever you want to call them. Get on them. Talk to your people. Learn the flow of it. Get comfortable and easy with it. Yeah, you're going to be nervous at first. And then just like anything else, it's going to lose its power and it, you're not going to be nervous about it like at all. Just like if any of you had gone live the first few times, oh my gosh, my heart was beating. And now, I mean, it just feels completely normal. That's how sales calls feels, especially when you focus on the other person, making it like something that you just learn. And then going into the main objections and reframing objections as interest, because that is what they are. Objections are interest and it's your first demonstration of how you can help by guiding your person through it. After you make sure that you're the right fit for them, like you like them, you feel like you can really help them, that's a given. Then after that, that's when the coaching begins, where you're making sure if they're addressing the I'm not sure, the money objection, the spouse objection, and walking them through it. There's weight around sales calls, and I invite you to bring in the pleasure and ease around it. Have a framework, have a flow that feels good, take care of yourself, reward yourself about it, make it about the other person, and understand that it just gets easier with time. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Mom First Entrepreneur. As my gift to you, I have the four key steps to pinpointing your high profit, high purpose business for busy moms. In it, you are going to learn the top three mistakes that busy moms make when starting out and how to avoid them. Betcha you've already made one. And you're going to learn my four-step system for having clients excited to pay you because you need to make money to have a successful business. You'll also learn the exact blueprint for starting a successful business, the same exact one that I've used to help hundreds of clients start profitable, purposeful businesses with pleasure and ease. And you're going to learn the trap of the online low profit business and what to do instead. This derails the dreams of so many moms before they even get started. If you want the four key steps to pinpointing your high profit, high purpose business as a mom first entrepreneur, visit my website at sahmentrepreneur.com. That's short for stay at home mom entrepreneur.com. sahmentrepreneur.com. It is my ultimate dream that we are all mom first entrepreneurs living life on our terms, providing so much value and purpose into the world, helping others and creating so much abundance within our own families and feeling amazing while doing so.